see an animal skin, <laughs> That's what I'm going to do to you now. Fair the skin from your body. Thanks, Jack. Welcome back to Little Hops of Horrors Podcast. I'm John, your host as always. Feeling, oh my God, here we go again. <laughs> Feeling a little re-energized right now, if you couldn't tell. I uh, took a little break uh, from recording, not that I was getting burnt out or anything, but um, sometimes the holidays just catch up to you running around seeing everybody. So, you know, we're almost a month into the new year. Hope it's treating you guys well. So far, so good over here. A um, little cold this week, but other than that, you know, we're we're dealing with it. But I figured Maybe uh, maybe this is a good time to do this movie in particular. And in case anybody out there suffering from something like that, uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel, unlike this movie. Uh, and of course, we are doing Cabin Fear from 2002, directed by Eli Roth, uh, sitting at 62% woof on Rotten Tomatoes and 5.6 out of 10 uh, on IMDb. Uh, our rating isn't much better. We're giving it a 5.5 out of 10. Um, Eli Roth is... I I like him. Like I like the idea of Eli Roth, uh, and and I tend to get excited for let let's equate him to like the new Madden or like the new Call of Duty or something along those lines. Where you know he's you're excited for his next movie. You're you're hoping that this is going to be the one that lives up to your hype. I mean, you know, this is how I view him anyway. Um, you know, I just I just hold him in in this like realm because he's always talked about with these. You know, he did Hostel and Cabin Fever, and you know, most recently Thanksgiving, and a couple years ago he did Knock Knock. You know, he's got his hands in all kinds of things. Horror. He's a very mainstream, you know, uh, figure in horror. You know, it's something that like people have heard of. He's on uh, the History of Horror, which is I think on Shutter and like AMC Plus, which I highly recommend. Um, it's a great show. Uh, they, they dive into, you know, the obsession with like zombies or, you know, just how we got here, all these old school, you know, monsters, which, which I'm a huge fan of, like with like the mummy and Dracula and Frankenstein and the Wolfman and, you know, uh, creature from the black lagoon, like all these super cool old school ideas. And, and that was scary once upon a time, you know, and, uh, without that stuff, we would not be here today. Uh, so you gotta, you gotta, you know, appreciate it, uh, at, at least. Um, but he, he has a, another one. He actually teamed up with Zach Baggins, uh, of ghost adventures. It's called haunted museum. And Zach's acquired some stuff, uh, not unlike the, uh, the Warrens have, uh, throughout his travels over the years. Um, and Eli Roth kind of, uh, directs like a, a story, so to speak of, of, you know, what, what's behind the item that, that Zach is describing and everything. Um, and, and they're not bad shows. Like he does a goose, a, a goose, <laughs> a ghost. I haven't even started drinking yet. Um, a ghost ruined my life. Um, but I feel like he would be better if they just gave him like a little better funding, you know, like the, the stuff that, that he puts out, you know, he means well, but you can tell it's just like cheap production. It's bad actors and, and all that stuff. And, you know, and I don't know, I just, it takes me out of it immediately. Like I need, I need something, you know? Um, but anyway, uh, this is his directorial debut. I believe it got a lot of hype. 
um, back then. He won a few awards for this, um, like best newcomer and um, things like that. I think he got like a chainsaw award or whatever. Anyway, beers we're drinking tonight. Uh, 13 from High Ground Brewing. You guys know that's one of our favorites uh, out of West Virginia. Um, great nachos, great hot dogs. Uh, if you're ever in the Seneca Rocks area, Dolly Sods, heading back towards Morgantown, it's literally on your way home. Uh, that and Short Story, those are two spots definitely worth checking out. Um, I think it's like 45 minutes from, um, what the hell is that place? Cooper's Rock. So, I mean, it's worth the trip. Um, if you're looking for like something to do on a, you know, a weekend or whatever. Anyway, uh, we're doing 13 from them, and it's actually, I was drawn to it because of the the label. It has Jason Voorhees, uh, well, an interpretation of him, uh, on the label, and it's a few months old, and you know the rule about IPAs and pale ales and everything. You should drink them as fresh as possible, but I don't care. I like these guys. I'm going to support them no matter what. Um, it's 5.5%. It's sitting at 3.8 on untapped. Um, the other beer we're doing, uh, thank you to my cousin Sarah, who hooked us up with our most recent burial haul. Um, I think we're going to be all right. That's the name of the beer. <laughs> uh, and if you live this movie, uh, you would not be all right, obviously. Um, but it's an 8.5% double IPA uh, sitting at 4.36 on untapped. Um, Burial is one of my all-time favorite breweries uh, in the country. They do distribute. You can you can order their stuff online, mostly nationwide. Not quite, but um, if you're in the North Carolina area or anything like like. Their beer is as good as anybody else's. Uh, and I wish they weren't in North Carolina because there are some laws that restrict uh, what they're able to brew. They have a cap at 15%. And I wish I could see these guys, you know, push into that 18, 20, 20 something percent beer because their stouts are so great and their names are always a mouthful and they're hard to, you know, it, it sounds like you're, you know, summoning a demon sometimes <laughs> when you're, uh, when you're saying these names and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, we're just doing a couple, you know, IPAs today. Well, one's a pale ale, one's a double IPA, whatever. Crucify me for not being, uh, you know, specific. Um, anyway, so let's take a sip of this 13. It, um, you know what? It actually kind of has like, um, there's blood orange in here. I did see that, but, uh, it's very subtle. Um, there's a beer coming out. If it's not out already, it's called nugget nectar from, uh, Trogues, which is a huge release every year that they do. Uh, so I'm going to track down a can of that and a can of uh, hop slam. We're going to do that on an episode. Uh, cause those are just two, you know, seasonals that you got to try, you know, they're up there with like mad elf and things like that, which I still haven't gotten a mad elf this year. I'm sure I can find it on, you know, some discount rack somewhere so I can go, uh, go get one for this season as we roll into February. My God, already, man, this is, fucking nuts like we're almost already through january time really does fly okay so cabin fever um it, it's a pretty basic plot right it's about some teens that are you know uh they're going to a cabin and they encounter uh, a flesh-eating virus that part isn't so common but the uh you know the whole teens go to a cabin and get slaughtered is uh there's just a different villain so to speak anyway uh what, what do we like about this movie well this movie will definitely give you like a fear of like drinking water uh, in the wilderness or places that you're, um, you know, not familiar with, uh, especially if you're out like, like camping or something like that. There's all those horror stories of these like flesh adding and flesh eating. Why can't I talk today? Flesh eating bacteria. There we go. Um, and, and just all these crazy stomach viruses you can get. There was like some lady in Costa Rica, however many years ago or something like that, where she like 
cut herself zip lining and she got water in it and she had to have like everything amputated. Like that is terrifying. And that actually happened. Um, but like, this is just a movie, but still like the little creepy crawlies that you can't see is scarier than some of the shit you can see. <laughs> um, and the effects are really good in this. Uh, there's definitely some over the top gore, which I'm a fan of. And actually one of the most famous gore heads, uh, well, his movie's very famous amongst gore heads, but, uh, he, you wouldn't associate him with a, with a heavy gore movie. Uh, and we'll talk about him in a second. Uh, what we didn't like about this movie, the dialogue is just garbage. Um, it's, it's, it's really bad. Uh, the characters suck. Um, everything else is pretty, for, you know, forgettable and annoying. The, the storyline is very basic. Um, I, I like this movie a lot more when I was a teenager, uh, before I could, you know, enjoy a movie. Um, and the fact that, We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> anyway, we got a couple of fun facts about the movie before we move into spoilers. Uh, so sound mixer John Neff, uh, he actually survived a real flesh-eating bacterial. Bacterial? Bacterial. Bacterium. What the fuck is a bacterium? I should have looked that up. Um, but he was <laughs> he was in hospital. Uh, he caught it in the hospital? What? I should have read this before. Uh, anyway, it took 13 days of nonstop intensive care, you know, medical attention to save his life. Wow, that's scary. Imagine going to the hospital and then just like, oh, hey, by the way, here's the bacteria trying to fucking kill you. And you were just in there for like a migraine or something like that, a sprained ankle. <laughs> um, but Neff does, um, he does confirm that the makeup is very realistic to, you know, what you see in the film. So uh, Eli Roth did do his research on, on you know, what, some nasty shit look like and try to make it as realistic as possible. Uh, but the one cool fact that I did find out is that Peter Jackson actually stopped production of the Lord of the Rings, uh, return of the King, which is not my favorite Lord of the Rings. Uh, the second one would be my favorite in case you were wondering, but you probably weren't. Um, he stopped it three times to screen this movie for the entire crew. Why? I don't understand. Uh, but he was very enthusiastic about the film and gave Eli Roth, like, you know, all this praise and everything like that. But, Peter Jackson, famous for like King Kong and, and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And, uh, but he actually did one of the, probably the goriest movie ever made, uh, dead alive, uh, also known as brain dead. Um, and that's from the early nineties. And it, it, it's a, it's not a good movie, right? Like there's a shit plot, the shit acting and, and dialogue. And it's, it's so ridiculous, but it's so good. It's, it's one of those just over the top. You got to sit down. And just watch it because you're going to see some stuff that you have never seen before. And from, you know, the fact that the guy went from that to Lord of the Rings and making these like, you know, big legendary, you know, four hour masterpieces or whatever um, is pretty insane that he's a gore headed heart. Um, anyway. All right. So let's let's talk spoilers. I'm going to take another sip of this beer. So movie opens up. Um, you know, there's a shady motherfucker walking through the woods um, with a dead animal to feed his dog. Uh, which is dramatically found out to be dead. And this is like your first little glimpse of the effects. I remember he peels open like the German shepherd and it's just like all goopy and gross. And ugh, it's, you know, it's like stomach churning. And it's a, it's an early uh, warning to what you will see later in the film. So if you're not a big gore fan, you're not going to like this movie. Um, but there's a cut scene to a bunch of teenagers heading to the woods for a little getaway weekend. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, you definitely have. But on the plus side, Sean from Boy Meets World is the main character, apparently. And uh, he's got like, there's like two friends 
that are driving that basically just want to fuck the whole time. And then there's like a girl that he has a crush on. And then there's like this super obnoxious jock guy, right? It's all pretty stereotypical, uh, not a deep storyline so far. And they stop off at, I was getting Tucker and Dale vibes, you know, like obviously Tucker and Dale was like way after this, probably by, I don't know, eight years or whatever. And, and kids going to a cabin in the woods is by no means original. Uh, but it's just, I, I, I was pulling some parallels. Um, it, it just reminded me of that when they stop off to that you know, like general store and they're talking to like the very friendly man behind there. And there's all this like weird shit hanging out. Um, and it just reminded me of that Tucker and Dale scene where they're like just hanging out at the gas station and all those kids pop out and he's like eating the hard boiled eggs or something. It's fucking weird. I don't know. Um, so there's like a super friendly guy, uh, behind the bar or behind the, well, counter. There we go. Um, and he's talking about, you know, Fox piss and well, what's Fox piss for? And he's like, I have a rifle too or whatever. And they're like, well, why do you have a rifle? And then he drops the N word. I'm not ready for that. It just can't, it just comes out of nowhere. Uh, he's in case you're wondering, he's referring to black folks. Uh, and I mean, I'm like, this is 2002, man. Why are you dropping that word right now? You you can't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that just, it definitely like, whoa, I was, I don't know. I just, it, I was very shocked because I do not remember that at all. Um, I, there's one scene that really stuck out in my head and we will definitely talk about it later on. Um, so anyway, the, uh, but the ending of the ending, you know, after, after everything happens, I guess that's what the definition of ending is idiot. Um, <laughs> it kind of takes the edge off of the N word because they, they do ad- address it a little bit at the end. Uh, and I'm still not saying like saying I, I, su- you know, support it or whatever, but, uh, it, it does have a funny, um, ending anyway uh so anyway uh i have a note here that says that you know as they're they're doing this like bullshit dialogue or whatever they're dropping like all kinds of fucking slurs they're calling people gay and retarded and just all this stuff and these are just words that like are not part of like i don't know anybody i hang out with anyway you know and if (laughs) it's just not i don't know but it you know 2002 was a very different time apparently um but anyway, so the kids, you know, they get to the cabin and they go their separate ways. The two that are in the front, they can't wait to go fuck. So that's what they do. The one idiot jock guy, he grabs the uh, shotgun or whatever, and he grabs a fifth of whiskey or something, and he just goes off by himself. And um, the <laughs> Sean and, and his girl start, well, the girl that he likes, um, they start walking towards, I guess they're going to go swimming or something. Um and the other pair, they start, you know, banging immediately. Uh, and the guy actually finds out that he loves uh, a finger in his ass, which I thought was actually really funny. We here at Little Hops of Horrors podcast do not king shame. If that's what you're into, you know, lean into it, buddy. Okay, it's it's okay. No one's going to judge you here. Um, this is a safe space. So anyway, Sean goes off with the, the girl that he likes. Um, and, and it's that awkward. I need a sip of beer. Hold on. Because I, 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 I've, I've related a lot to, to Sean and I'm going to refer to, you know, we all know who I'm talking about here, right? Sean from Boy Meets World. Um, I don't know his real name. I think it's like Paul or something like that, but he's always Sean. He'll always be Sean. You might as well legally change his name to Sean. Anyway, so it's that awkward time in his life where like he's known this girl for a long time and, and now, you know, 
she's grown up and now she's hot and, you know, he's really attracted to her. But, you know, you're kind of stuck in that friend zone thing and you're not sure if she likes you or anything. And she just kind of fucks with you the whole time. And I do not miss and I pray for my son that he, you know, gets through that phase of his life. If it's if, you know, he's into dudes or, or ladies or whatever. Um, you know, just that whole part of life sucks. You know, it's fucking terrible. Uh, your hormones are going crazy. You don't know what to fucking do. I actually had a girl that lived across the street from me when I was in high school and, um, I had the biggest crush on her, right? She was like Miss Teen Pennsylvania. She was in it. I don't she didn't win, but, uh, that enough should tell you that she was a very attractive girl, especially for a young dorky fucking kid. Uh, you know, living across the street in you know, whatever suburb of America. Um, so it was very cliche, uh, but she ended up being my prom date one year. Um, nothing happened ever. Uh, I did get a kiss one time, uh, on one of our walks around the neighborhood that we would do because well, we were just two teenagers that live right across the street from each other. So that's what we would do. And that was like just enough for me to have that little glimmer of hope that like, maybe, maybe something would happen just like this idiot does in this movie guys it doesn't happen just give up now okay you're stuck in the friend zone go do something else stop wasting your time anyway back to the movie um <laughs> the drunk one you know he's out there shooting you know whatever just random shit trying to kill animals because that guy sucks he's the worst fucking character his name's burt um and that's a well, never mind. Um, he's just a stupid person. Like he's really fucking obnoxious. He's way over the top. I get having your cliche jock, you know, um, character and everything, but he's just, he's just way too much. Um, and he ends up shooting a guy, the, the sick dude from the beginning of the movie. Uh, well, he's not sick. Um, in the beginning of the movie, he's sick now. Uh, but you don't really know what happens to him because he tries to just get rid of him. So, you know, we move on a little bit. The kids start a fire. They start telling ghost stories, uh, which I always thought was really cool. Um, although I, I can't, we did that as like, well, I guess teenagers, but these are like college kids, but I remember trying to do that as teenagers. Um, you know, we're like 14 or whatever. Um, there was this one party at my dad's house. Um, and he lived in the country, right? There was like no street lights anywhere. Like quads were more, you were more likely to see a quad on the road than you were to see, or an ATV, uh, than you would to see a car. And, uh, his like buddy from high school came up and he had two daughters and, uh, you know, me and like my cousins were like, Oh my God, this was like that time of life. Um, and we went on a walk, all of us around this like circle thing that was probably like a fucking three mile hike or something crazy. We had to be gone for like an hour and a half pitch black, no flashlights, no cell phones, no anything just walking in the middle of the, you know, whatever could have got mauled by like a bear or a fucking <laughs> coddling kidnapped or anything like that. But we wanted to show that we were brave, right? That we weren't scared. And maybe we would get like a kiss from a girl or something like that. The things these kids, you know, or that we did growing up, my God. All right. So we're getting sidetracked, but that's, you know, this movie is kind of just garbage. So I figured I'd share that. I did find some of these situations relatable. Um, so the kids make a fire they start telling ghost stories until they're interrupted by justin i can't remember what stupid name he uses but it's actually eli roth uh, so if you didn't know what he looks like that's him uh and he looks just like the dude from fucking uh 
static X. Like he's got like that kind of hairstyle facial thing going on for him. Um, but he's like the skater stoner character and Sean's girlfriend prospect is like all about it. Um, but all the characters are fucking terrible and in, him included, but the rain cuts their, uh, you know, their night short. I need to sip a beer and they go inside and, um, it's story time and they just talk about sex. Did you ever do that? Did you ever just hang out with all your friends and talk about sex? I don't remember doing that, um, with girls and guys and all this stuff. I, I don't remember doing that. Um, it feels like it was written by a teenager at this point. Like that's what I have written down in my notes. Eli Roth was 30 years old when this came out, right? So late twenties. Um, but it does not feel like it was written by a 30 year old, a younger person. Yes. But like this, <laughs> the dialogue, like it, it's like somebody was like, what do teenagers say? And then like, put it in a movie. I don't know. And you know, just the worst characters, the worst dialogue, just it's so obnoxious and over the top. And and maybe that's the point, right? Maybe, maybe he wants you to, you know, really hate the characters and just lack empathy and, and just like, you know, I don't really give a fuck what happens to these kids at this point because they're just garbage, you know, human beings. The only one you kind of have any, you know, I guess feelings for, you know, whatever, um, would be Sean from boy meets world. But anyway, so they're expecting, you know, Eli Roth to come back, uh, Justin, I forget, what the hell is his name? Like grim or brim. I'm scrolling down my notes here to see if I can find out what the fuck his name is, but it doesn't grim. Okay. So I was close grim, uh, real stupid. If you have a name like that, you're stupid. Uh, just go by your name. You're a fucking adult. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, they're expecting grim to come back with, uh, with the weed. That's not what happens. It's the sick guy that Bert shot, uh, and they kick him out and they're not letting him in and he's going nuts. Um, he's spewing blood everywhere. Um, he tries to get into the car to steal it. He's coughing blood all over the fucking place, contaminating everything. Um, they end up, you know, fighting him off and lighting him on fire and he takes off through the woods, which is actually a pretty cool scene. Um, but the kids are all having a really hard time you know, uh, dealing with their actions, so to speak, and trying to keep their cool. Um, thunderstorm comes through, how convenient they're all reflecting and it's all, uh, blah, blah, whatever. So the next morning tension's still there. Everybody's at each other's throats. Uh, so they all split up to try to go get some help to try to get the fuck out of this place. Um, nobody has any service, you know, Marcy goes through the woods. Um, and the other two guys go towards town to try to get some help. Um, but you do, you do see in a very dramatic reveal, uh, but it's actually really awesome um, that the guy that they caught on fire, the sick guy, patient zero in this movie anyway. Oh, I guess the dog would be patient zero. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, he's the one directly responsible for all these events. So, um, but he jumped in a water, you know, like a, like a reservoir uh, to put himself out, but he died in there contaminating the water to the cabin and, and all these other places. Um, and again, very effective and terrifying thought for traveling and camping and all this stuff. Now they have those like life straws now, um, that you can just stick in anything. I, there's like a minimum that you need. It has to be like at least a half inch deep or something like that. Um, or an inch deep. Maybe it's more than that. I don't know, but you can drink water. Uh, if you have it with you, you can drink any water and it filters out everything, which is insane to me that we have that technology now. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So water, the silent killer, um, 
might taste fine, but you don't know what organisms you're consuming while you drink it. Um, looking at you, plastic bottles and microplastics and all that shit. Anyway, Jeff and Bert uh, <laughs> um, end up at some Texas Chainsaw Massacre looking fucking house with some lady slaughtering a pig outside. She's like snapping out, talking about all these sick animals. And um, they find out that the guy they lit on fire is her cousin. And, you know, they just get out of there real quick, It, which was a really random scene. I don't really understand what the hell that even had to do with the story. Um, Marcy just, you know, they cut to her, uh, she treks through the woods and now she's on a canoe and she goes across this like big lake and she's on a beach and then she finds some other fucking house and it's just, it's just weird. Um, all right, let me finish this beer. We're almost like, we're a little more than halfway through this movie. Um, finish this beer, get to the next one. I am a sissy and I took two sips. I do not recommend. Ooh. Chugging pale ales. Everybody's favorite sound. Yes. That's what you're here for. I know it is. I fucking know it. All right. Burial Haze. So their IPAs are fucking amazing. Um, try them. If you can get some, try them. And obviously the fresher, the better. Uh, this is actually a collab with Other Half, which is super cool. Another heavy hitter in the Haze scene. Um, try saying that a bunch of times fast. Uh, this one's actually pretty cool. It's got fucking... Um, Looks like the DeLorean uh, on the on the can, which is cool. So, all right, let's take a sip. Definitely more bitter, uh, but a lot more flavor also. Um, I wonder if it says what hops are in here. Jesus, made with Citra, Motueka, Citra Cryo, and Incognito. Double dry hop with... Words I can't pronounce. So there's a lot of there's a lot of hops in here. Um, but hey, whatever. It's it's tasty. Uh, I love IPAs. I fucking love them. So does my wife. <clears throat> anyway, uh, one more sip. Got the stupid bubble in my throat. Okay. Um, so the cop shows up. Some random fucking cop shows up at the cabin. Uh, and this guy sucks. He's a very annoying character. He's very cringy. He just talks about like partying the whole time that's all he does it's a very weird scene and again i just don't know why it's there doesn't make any sense uh the girl like comes out karen you know she comes out and, and all this stuff and she's having like the hardest time getting through all this so she's just kind of been in bed the whole time um but the the kids are trying to figure out a plan uh after they get rid of the cop because he's just gonna go to a different party uh, and he hops on his little bicycle and fucking <laughs> leaves. It's so weird. It's, that was like, there's probably like a half hour of this movie that they could take out and, and it would make it better. Um, maybe it should just be like an episode or something. Anyway, so the kids are trying to figure out a plan, trying to fix the car, but they're being harassed um, by Eli Roth's dog, who was like a real dickhead. And I forgot to mention him uh, earlier when he was uh, at the fire talking about the weed and everything. But, Karen's not feeling well. She hasn't been feeling well, right? Uh, and she's been drinking the water. And it's just putting, it's just making her feel worse and worse. So she's been like sleeping and all that stuff. So Sean is trying to be a nice guy, right? He's trying to be, <laughs> he's trying to be just, you know, comforting and all this stuff. And and he saw, you know, he he decides that, you know, well, what better way to comfort her than, you know, let's finger bang her and that'll make her feel better. Um, and when I was 14, um, and I saw this movie, it seriously fucked with me because I mean, you've seen this movie at this point, you know what happens? He brings his hand up and it's just goop, just red fucking goop. 
uh, her like skin's falling off of that area, and it's so effectively gross. Very, very nasty. So Bert comes, you know, barging in and all this other stuff, says, you know, you get that bitch out of here. He just, he's so over the top. I fucking hate him. Um, but anyway, the group agrees, uh, and they get Karen, and they lock her uh, outside in the shed as a precaution. And that's kind of fucked up. So it, because it's not like warm out, you know, it's in the middle of fall. Uh, and she's like, I'm going to die out here. And they're like, ah, we'll keep an eye on you. And that dog's still out there and all this stuff. So <laughs> this is where the movie starts, like kind of ramping up here a little bit. Um, Sean goes for help. Um, Marcy stops in to check in on Karen. She's getting worse. Um, Sean gets scared away. Oh no. Okay. We're good. I, I just got that little warning that I lost connection. We're still good. Um, but cabin fever is literally setting in. Everybody's going so crazy. They're getting accusatory about who may have it, who doesn't have it. Uh, Jeff doesn't want anything to do with anybody. Um, uh, he has like a, you know, a handkerchief or like a something over his face the entire time. Uh, and he grabs his beer and he leaves. Also, uh, He's drinking Arrogant Bastard Ale, which is an old school beer. That's like that's like one of your fucking uh, pioneer beers here. That was one of those ones you were drawn to. Uh, I think Stone Stone makes that. Um, I wanted to say Road, but I'd I'd have messed that up. Um, that's just one of those beers that you like first saw in the craft beer scene, at least in PA, uh, when that stuff started kind of getting more accessible. And I was like, oh, man, they put bastard on a fucking beer label. Like, that's awesome. And it's just this mean demon-looking guy. Um, it, I mean, it's a solid beer, but there's there's definitely better beers out there now. Um, <laughs> so everybody, you know, kind of goes out and does their thing. Sean and Marcy are kind of stuck together here. And uh, Marcy says something about, like, what do you, you know, what would you do if there's, like, a plane crashing? She's like, I'd grab the person next to me and I'd fuck them because I knew we were going to die anyway. And wouldn't you know it, our boy, you ain't it, buddy. The nice guy. He uh, he scores. He scores one for the, for, the, for the nice guys. It actually worked for him. Wow. Um, yeah, but this movie's not great. Uh, <laughs> sorry for the little plug there. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, but Sean finds the body in the reservoir cause he goes back out and it starts getting messy here. Everybody's kind of like coming and going and all this other stuff. Um, this scene fucked with me and cause it's like the last thing you'd want to happen. He sees the body in the reservoir falls in lands right on the fucking thing. God, you know, I don't know if there's the five second rule with this kind of shit, but like he's absolutely freaking the fuck out and he's probably contaminated now. You know, I, I don't know how you even try to go on at this point, but, uh, Bert is now being hunted by the hillbillies. Um, cause he goes down to the general school or general store, uh, to try to get some help. Uh, and then this weird kid that sits on the bench, like bites him. And, uh, you know, the kids, he freaks out. So now the hillbillies know that he's sick and now the hillbillies want to go kill everybody and burn everything and all this other stuff. Um, but another cool, really effective scene right after that, Marcy is shaving her leg in the bathtub. Um, and she's just like crying because she's getting worse. Her skin's starting to, you know, melt and like kind of fall off and stuff. And it's, it's real sensitive. Uh, she ends up shaving her skin off, which is a very cringy fucking scene. So there's some good body horror here. No doubt about that. Eli Roth definitely nailed it there. Um, but 
there's a gunshot. Marcy goes to investigate after she's done shaving her fucking leg off. Um, she gets mauled by the dog. <laughs> so that's a rough way to go. Um, Sean gets back to the cabin, sees the aftermath. Um, but then he notices that uh, the dog is now eating. Where Karen, It's in the shed with Karen. Uh, the girl that he loves, uh, even though he just banged her friend. Um, and, you know, she's barely alive. But he, you know, he shoots the dog. Uh, and then he goes to check on Karen. She's barely alive. Half of her face is fucking gone. So like, again, there's some really cool effects here. It's probably the best part of this movie is the effects. Um, but you know, this, this, this is like a, a traumatic, you know, little set of events here. Like Sean was about to score, you know, potentially with, with this girl that he loves and, and all this stuff. And, and well, now he has to, you know, beat her to death with a shovel, but I mean, ultimately, that's our. Uh... Yeah, because it has to be like what other fucking that was the you know that's rough. You got beat to death with the fucking shovel. <laughs> um, so Bert gets back. Uh, he's not doing great. He's coughing. Things are going shitty. He tells Sean about the hillbillies coming to get him and sets off this dramatic chain chain of events. Um, Bert shoots one. They shoot Bert. Uh, Sean all of a sudden stabs one through the head with a screwdriver. So now he's turned into like John Wick. Uh, he was just like, nice boy. And now since he got like a little piece of butt uh, in the cabin, he's a killer. Uh, I don't understand why he's running around like a commando now, you know, calling for Jeff, like, don't drink the water. It's just, <laughs> I don't understand. Um, he ends up running over, you know, Justin's half body in, in a cave. And, uh, but he finds a car, tries to escape, hits a deer, more body gore, you know, body horror type stuff where that, you know, he gets, it, it's stuck in the windshield uh, and it's kicking, it's doing all this stuff. And he grabs a shotgun that he conveniently finds on the floor of the truck uh, and he blasts it and he gets blood all over him, all over his mouth. Very gross. There's a lot of like uncomfortable scenes here. Um, so he keeps going. But he stumbles upon this, uh, the party cop, right, who's hanging out with like a bunch of underage kids. And uh, he's pissed, right? Sean's real pissed at everything and how everything's going. He was supposed to, the cop was supposed to get like help there and like a tow truck and all this stuff. So it didn't happen. Um, so he starts coughing all, all over everybody. And the dude, it just, there's, it's, it's very comical. Uh, so I could see why this is labeled like comedy horror. There's like a, a guy that they're, they're, it's a very uh, cliche scene. There's like a harmonica guy and, and like a guitar guy and a bunch of people sitting around like a fire. Uh, well, guitar guy swings at somebody, misses, and then like gets the harmonica lodged in the dude's throat. So he's like breathing, and you can hear the fucking thing going off, uh, which was kind of funny. But the movie, uh, you know, almost ends, uh, starts ending with Sean being transported to the hospital by a good Samaritan. Um, he wakes up to an interrogation in the hospital. They're asking him, you know, what happened? How did you get here? And he's. He's not really with it, right? He's not, he's not there. He's kind of loopy and he's, you know, blah, 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 all this crazy shit. So that's about it. He's transported to another hospital and that's basically the end of the movie. Wrong. Jeff, our hero, our drunken hero emerges from somewhere near the beach from earlier. He stumbles back to the cabin and he sees the carnage, right? That would be fucking so surreal, right? Like knowing you made the right choice to bail, 
right? And then you come back to the confirmation. Everyone died. You're lying because you were selfish and you looked out for yourself. Now, I know that's not the best message, but it worked out for this motherfucker. So he's walking around. He's praising himself. He's like, I fucking made it. I'm alive. I fucking made it. I'm alive. He walks out and gets shot by the cops. Dead. <laughs> because they were sent to clean up the mess and burn all the bodies. Um, and that's almost the end of the movie. One last scene. So we talked earlier in the movie about the, the dreaded N-word, right? Uh, I need to sip a beer. The cycle starts all over again, right? You can see the uh, the kids still there. There's another person who's who's like bleeding in. I think it's Bert, actually. I think it's Bert. I could be wrong. Um, but it's another person who's like bleeding into the water supply, and they like go to make lemonade uh, out of the river, which... Do you not have tap water? Why are you going to the river? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so these kids buy, you know, they make lemonade and the cops show up and they give them lemonade and all that stuff. And uh, that really nice young man that was behind the counter that dropped the N-word is sitting out front. And uh, uh, a black family shows up and they start walking towards him. And he gets up pretty quickly um, and runs inside. Now you're expecting the worst. You're like, wow, he's really fucking... He's really sticking to his guns here. No pun intended. Um, they walk into the store right behind him, and he says, here's your here's your gun. I got it all cleaned up and polished for you. Uh, and it turns out that they were all friends, and, and he drops the N-word without the hard R this time, um, and they're all very happy and funny and laughing. Uh, so it was a, it was a funny ending. Uh, they redeemed themselves a little bit for dropping that word earlier in the movie. Um, but yeah, so... Ultimately, you know, Cabin Fever, uh, not really worth the rewatch. Um, I mean, I guess it was. Most things are worth at least a, you know, a rewatch or two. But um, this one was just, you know, it's one of those ones that, that didn't really, um, it, it didn't hold up for me. It was better when I was younger. Um, you know, that that's, that's just the reality of it. I mean, I guess tastes change. Uh, I mean, I could still watch some of these other shitty movies. Um, from that time period and I still enjoy them, uh, quite a lot. So yeah, that's about it. Um, next week guys, we are doing, um, to celebrate, uh, black history month. Um, we are going to do Jordan Peele's get out, uh, a revolutionary film in the horror industry, uh, the horror scene, whatever word you want to use. Um, really looking forward to getting that. We're trying to get a special guest on. I'm not sure if that's going to work or not. Um, and then we're going to do My Bloody Valentine for Valentine's Day. Uh, and then we're going to do uh, Mandy, right? Very excited to do that one. I love that movie. It's 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 very fun. And then we're going to round out Black History Month with His House, a very creepy, highly rated movie on Netflix. So, um, yeah, you guys hopefully don't get any uh, cabin fever. Um, <laughs> and we will see you next week. Stay safe and cheers.